last week we were talking about true nourishment, right? And how doing God's will is really true nourishment for our spirit in that it is what enables us not only to become healthy spiritually, but to stay healthy spiritually. And so we were really talking about and discovering uh, the importance of the fact that God has saved us. God has washed away our sins. God has sealed us with his Holy Spirit. uh, And he has left us here on this earth so that we can be actively engaged in doing that which he has purposed and planned for our life, God's will. And Now we want to look at another component. I want to talk to you today about a second component or aspect of God's will that sometimes we uh, neglect or we we, just not uh, in the very center of our focus. And as a result of that, oftentimes we can get into some trouble. Have you ever heard the expression, timing is everything? Let me see your hand if you said it, right? Timing is everything. It means it's not just important what you do, but equally as important is when you do it, right? Timing is everything. And when it comes to doing God's will, doing God's will, that's the what, that's important, but when we engage in doing God's will is equally important. Let's open up our Bibles to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 24. We're going to get a little bit lengthy in our reading, but I think you're going to see why we're doing that and we can get a better picture. 1 Samuel chapter 24, we're going to read the first 15 verses here. After Saul returned from fighting the Philistines, he was told that David had gone into the wilderness of Engedi. So Saul chose 3,000 elite troops from all Israel and went to search for David and his men near the rocks of the wild goats. At the place where the road passes some sheepfolds, Saul went into a cave to relieve himself. But as it happened, David and his men were hiding further back in that very cave. Now's your opportunity, David's men whispered to him. Today the Lord is telling you, I will certainly put your enemy into your power to do with as you wish. So David crept forward and cut off a piece of the hem of Saul's robe. But when David's conscience, excuse me, but then David's conscience began bothering him because he had cut Saul's robe. He said to his men, the Lord forbid that I should do this to my Lord, the king. I shouldn't attack the Lord's anointed one, for the Lord himself has chosen him. So David restrained his men and did not let them kill Saul. After Saul had left the cave and had gone on his way, David came out and shouted after him, My Lord, the king! And when Saul looked around, David bowed low before him. Then he shouted to Saul, Why do you listen to the people who say I'm trying to harm you? This very day, you can see with your own eyes it isn't true. For the Lord has placed you at my mercy back there in the cave. Some of my men told me to kill you, but I spared you. For I said, I will never harm the king. He is the Lord's anointed one. 
Look, my father, at what I have in my hand. It is a piece of the hem of your robe. I cut it off, but I didn't kill you. This proves that I am not trying to harm you and that I have not sinned against you, even though you have been hunting for me to kill me. May the Lord judge between us. Perhaps the Lord will punish you for what you are trying to do to me, but I will never harm you. As that old proverb says, from evil people come evil deeds. So you can be sure I will never harm you. Who is the king of Israel trying to catch anyway? Should he spend his time chasing one who is as worthless as a dead dog or a single flea? May the Lord judge Excuse me, may the Lord therefore judge which of us is right and punish the guilty one. He is my advocate and he will rescue me from your power. Now let's turn over to chapter uh, 26 and we're going to read the first 12 verses there. Now some men from Ziph came to Saul at Gibeah to tell him, David is hiding on the hill of Hekelah, which overlooks Jeshimim. Boy, these are some words, right? <laughs> so Saul took 3,000 of Israel's elite troops and went to hunt him down in the wilderness of Ziph. Saul camped along the road beside the hill of Hekelah near Jeshim, which where David was hiding. When David learned that Saul had come after him into the wilderness, he sent out spies to verify the report of Saul's arrival. David slipped over to Saul's camp one night to look around. Saul and Abner, son of Ner, the commander of his army, were sleeping inside a ring formed by the slumbering warriors. Who will volunteer to go in there with me? David asked Ahimelech, the Hittite, and Abishai, son of Zariah, Joab's brother. I will go with you, Abishai replied. And so David and Abishai went right into Saul's camp and found him asleep with his spear stuck in the ground beside his head. Abner and the soldiers were lying asleep around him. God has surely handed your enemy over to you this time. Abishai whispered to David, let me pin him to the ground with one thrust of the spear. I won't need to strike twice. No, David said, don't kill him, for we can remain, who can remain innocent after attacking the Lord's anointed one? Surely the Lord will strike Saul down someday, or he will die of old age or in battle. The Lord forbid that I should kill the one he has anointed, but take his spear and that jug of water beside his head, and then let's get out of here. So David took the spear and jug of water that were near Saul's head. Then he and Abishai got away without anyone seeing them or even waking up because the Lord had put Saul's men into a deep sleep. All right. Now, before we recap this, let me take a step back uh, and just uh, give you some background for the benefit of those who might be new to their Bibles. Saul was the current king of Israel. He had disobeyed God in a very critical mission that God had given him. As a result of that, God had told Saul that he would now no longer be the king and that his lineage would not continue any longer. And so God instructed a prophet 
named Samuel. A prophet is someone who foresees the future and also declares the direct word from God. So God communicates to Samuel, I've chosen my new king. Go to, to the Jesse's house and one of his sons, anoint them to be the king. That son turned out to be David. Samuel goes and anoints David to be the next king of Israel. That's the will of God for David's life. Well, Saul, in discovering all this, he gets angry, and now this, this spirit of anger takes control of his life, and he begins now to actually try to kill David. He's hunting to kill the next king of Israel, the one that he knows God has ordained, because he does not want David to be king. He wants his son to succeed him and be the next king. And as we have just read, Two times now, as Saul is on his way to try to hunt David, David is trying to escape, but twice now, once in a cave that he goes in to relieve himself, he doesn't know David is actually in that cave hiding with all of his men. And then uh, the second time around, he, he goes to sleep and all the soldiers, as they should, surround him and form a circle to protect him, but they're all falling into these, this, this deep sleep that God caused them to be in. And so now, David has an opportunity to kill Saul, to get rid of him so that the will of God for his life could be fulfilled, so that he could be the next king. But each time, David refused to do that. And David declared, I will never touch the Lord's anointed gave me a couple of questions to ask. Did David miss the opportunities God gave him? Was this timing off in doing the will of God? And then obviously the most obvious question for all of us then is, what's the connection to you and I? How do we apply this portion of scripture to our life? We're talking about the will of God and that timing is everything. Come on, say that with me. Timing is everything. Now, it's all being placed into David's hands, seemingly, was not an opportunity, it was a test. God tested David twice by putting Saul into his hands. And here's the test. David, will you get ahead of me? Would David get ahead of God in fulfilling God's will for his life? Would he take, in other words, would he take matters into his own hands or would he continue to trust and wait for God to make him king. Both times, as I said, David passed the test. He trusted that in God's timing, God would remove Saul and he would become king. When we desire to do God's will, timing 
is everything. Timing is everything. In fact, what is, here's what we all need to be reminded of this morning, that we have a tendency to forget. There is always a time component to God's will. There is always a time component to God's will. Let me express what I'm talking about and explain it in, in some, with some scriptures. Listen to Romans chapter 5, verse 6. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for sinners. Jesus was born at just the right time. What that means is God had already a fixed date when his son would be born, when his son would grow up, and he had a fixed date when his son would die on the cross of Calvary. It was just the right time. You see, God's timing, when it concerns his will, God's timing is always perfect. God is never late and God is never early. His timing is always perfect. And at just the right time, Jesus died for your sin and for my sin. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Listen to Galatians chapter 6 verse 9. So let us not get tired of doing what is good. Why? At just the right time. Come on, say that with me. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we do not give up. See, the Bible said, let's continue. Don't get tired doing good. Church, don't get tired of praying. Don't give up praying together. Why? Because at just the right time, the blessing is going to come. You see, God has a timing for releasing the blessing that he's already planned. So the exhortation from the Bible is, don't give up. Don't get tired. I know you're serving and you haven't seen anything happen. You haven't seen much fruit in your ministry, but keep doing what God is calling you to do. Stay centered in the will of God because at just the right time, you'll reap the blessing. The harvest is going to come if you don't give up. Listen to me now. Timing is everything when it comes to the will of God. First Peter chapter five, verse six. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God and at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. There are times where you are put in a position where the spirit of the Lord is telling you, humble yourself. Your boss is getting on your case and he's all wrong. Humble yourself. Because at just the right time, God will honor you. You see, I'd rather have God honor me than man honor me. And there are times, whether it's on your job, whether it's in your home, whether it's in church, where things are going to go askew. Things are not going to go the way you thought. And at that moment, you have a decision to make. Well, what's God's will? Sometimes God's will is humble yourself. Yeah, yeah, but they're wrong. Humble yourself. Because if you do, at just the right time. Well, what does that mean, Pastor? At just the right time. Is that in the next five minutes? I don't know. How many know God's time is not our time? But his time 
is always just the right time. The honor will come. And how about the Lord's return? Listen, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 15. For at just the right time, Christ will be revealed from heaven by the blessed and almighty God. There is a moment in history that God the Father has already decreed. I don't know when it is. You don't know when it is. No one in all of creation knows when that time is. When, when the trumpet will sound signaling the return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to take the church to be with him forever. But listen, it's already inscribed in God's book, the time. At just the right time. Now, I don't know about you, but I feel like right now is the right time. I knew a young man that was single and was engaged to be married. And he confessed to me one day, this is a true story. He said, Pastor, I've been praying. God, don't come back until after my honeymoon. (laughs) I waited a long time, Pastor. I kept myself pure. Please, God, wait. There's an appointed time for the return of the Lord. The devil can't hold it back. God is going to return one day at the appointed time. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And when you and I desire to engage in the will of God, timing is everything. And along that line, We need to remember that there are times when we are tested regarding God's timing. We don't want to get ahead of God. Come on, look at your neighbor, tell him that. We don't want to get ahead of God. Let me talk to you and share a couple of thoughts about how you and I can avoid getting ahead of God. Number one, Beware of open doors. And I put the word open in in quotes there. uh, Because in other words, what does that mean? It means that there's sometimes, there are opportunities that seem to be God that are not God. David could have assumed, he could have reasoned, God put Saul in my hands, it must be to kill him. He he could have been justified in coming to that conclusion. In fact, the others said the same thing. Uh, But David realized, no, just because I can do it doesn't mean I should. Just because you can take action doesn't always mean that you should. There are times where God will test us in order to see if we're going to try to get ahead of God. Let me give you some examples of what I'm talking about. In Judges chapter 14, verse 3, the Bible says, but Samson said to his father, get her for me. She's the right one for me. For again, for those of you who are unfamiliar with the Bible, Samson was Israel's judge at that time. God had endowed Samson with supernatural strength. The enemies of the people of God at that time were the Philistines. And Samson fell in love with a, a woman named Delilah, who was a Philistine. Uh, excuse me, this wasn't Delilah. This was before Delilah. Another Philistine woman. And he wanted to marry her. He went to the father because in those days, parents arranged the marriage. And the father said, 
are there no women in all of Israel that you got to go to a Philistine? And he, he, his reply to his father was, no, she's the right one for me. And sadly, so many of God's people fail and get ahead of God when it comes to relationships. I can't tell you how many times in my years as a pastor I have heard this exact same expression come back at me. When I tell that, but, but they're not saved. They're not, they're not on the same page spiritually with you. No, but he's the right one for me. She's the right one for me. And instead of waiting for God, because listen, the Bible tells us that God has a plan for our life. That means if God's will for your life includes a spouse, he's already got her picked out. He's already got him picked out. Timing is everything. Oftentimes we get ahead of God and think this is the one and I can't let that person go. I so remember the time in my life as a young single where Jeremiah 29, 11 became so real to me that God had a plan for my life and I realized, well, if God has a plan for my life, that means he already has my wife picked out. And I told God, I will never date. I will wait until you bring me the woman that's going to be my wife. And then one day, at a wedding reception, there she came in to the room. There was an aura all around her. And as God is my witness, the Holy Spirit told me right then and there, that's the woman that's going to be your wife. I didn't know her name, didn't know anything about her. And she has graciously stood by my side for 43 years. Listen. Amen. You can thank the Lord for that. She deserves that clap, taken by my side for 43 years. Listen, don't get ahead of God, singles. Trust God. He's got a plan. He's got it all worked out. Timing is everything. What about careers? How often do people, God's people, go from job to job we change jobs the way we change shirts. At least I hope some of you uh, change shirts. <laughs> we pray, oh God, I need a job. God got your job. Thank you, Lord, for this job. Oh, another one came. Maybe I should go there. Well, how about praying and asking God if he should leave the one he got you? Because so often we just get up, but they're paying more. That doesn't mean it's God's will. Don't get ahead of God. Because if you get ahead of God, you're going to wind up taking this job and wind up being more miserable here than you are there. As the expression goes, you, you jumped out of the fire into the frying pan. Or however the expression goes. I might have gotten that one backwards. <laughs> and listen, the same goes for church. Oh, buckle your seatbelt. Not going to be pleasant now. You pray for God to lead you to a church. You get to that church and something goes down in the church and all of a sudden you decide it's time for me to book. Says who? You or God? 
Well, 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 God wouldn't want me to stay. Excuse me? Would God want David to run for his life? That was part of God's will for his life. And it wasn't months, ladies and gentlemen. It was years that David was on the run. All the while knowing God's plan for my life, the will of God for my life is to be the next king of Israel. What am I doing hiding in a cave? What am I doing running in the, in the forest and in the, trying to hide from this guy? But see, David realized God has a plan for my life. And it's all about God's timing. My encouragement to you, don't make any quick changes before you seek the face of God. Ask God, Lord, you got me this job. I got an offer over here. Am I supposed to take that? Just because it's more money? Just because it's a better opportunity? Listen, it might be God, but it might not be God. What about ministry and church? We need to be careful because so often we go from ministry to ministry. Oh, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm going to go to the door over here. No, I don't want to do this. I want to do that. And we need to be careful that we don't get ahead of God. I had a young man years ago that felt the call of God upon his life to be a pastor. And he came and saw me and he was not saved one month. And he already felt the call of God to be a pastor. He said, well, what do I got to do to get ready? My response was, you got to wait. What do you mean you got to wait? You got to wait. That call isn't for now. There's nothing that you can do to communicate effectively God's word yet. You're too young. You don't even know the Bible. You got to wait. He didn't want to listen. And in less than a month, he was gone from the church. And he tried to do something and it failed miserably. Why? Simply because he got ahead of God. See, I'm not saying the call of God wasn't upon his life, but it was the timing is that, was, that was off. When we started the church in New York under Pastor Durso, my wife and I were part of a team of 30 people that went to launch this church. And within the space of about two years, I would say we were, from that 30 had grown to about 150. And People that I respect spiritually would come to me and say, I see that you're going to be the next associate pastor of this church. You're going to help Pastor Durso by becoming a pastor. At that time, nobody had titles. The only one in the church that had a title was Pastor Durso. And I went to prayer and said, God, what am I supposed to do with this? And God led me to Luke chapter 14 and, and, and verse 8. You can read it up when you go home. But it's basically saying, when you come into a banquet, you do not take the seat of honor, lest someone of greater honor comes in and they then ask you to step out of this seat. In other words, God was telling me, Carlos, don't allow anyone to put you in that seat and don't you put yourself in that seat until I put you there. And so that guarded my heart where I would tell people, please don't talk to me about titles. I just want to serve God and serve his people. That's all I want to do. Brothers and sisters, the call of God may be on your life, but equally as important as that is the timing of that call, what God wants you to do. Are you with me so far? Okay. Because when we desire to do God's will, timing is everything. 
So the first thing we got to do is be, we got to beware of open doors, right? Secondly, we've got to beware of the urging of others. David was urged by his men to kill Saul. Twice. Let's kill him. It's God that's doing this, David. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this thing, but I, I, I felt compelled to just share with you. Sometimes people meaning well give you the wrong counsel. God has put pastors and elders in your life for a reason, to help you navigate his will. And I, I'm not saying you can't get counsel from a friend, but when you get counsel from a friend, you would be wise if you want to affirm that through you, those that are responsible for you spiritually, the leadership that God's placed in your life. I'm not looking for more work, but I realize that there are times where friends, uh, because they love you they, and what they want what's best for you, will tell you something that is not in the center of God's will. That's out of God's timing. So you got to be careful about that. Yes. Lastly, you got to trust in God's perfect timing. God's perfect timing. That means we got to avoid getting anxious, feeling like we have to help God to fulfill his will for our life. In Luke chapter 1, verse 20, the Bible says, for my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. God's word, which is the same as saying God's will, will be fulfilled at the proper time. David refused to get ahead of God and he trusted God's going to do that. And ultimately, Saul went into battle against the Philistines and he and his sons were killed. And as a result of that, David became king. God did fulfill his plan for David's life. It was a great journey for David. Because it didn't unfold right away. It was a, a, an anointing, and then now you got to run for your life. And you got to run for years, David. And you got to live in the woods, and you got to live in a cave, and things are going to be unpleasant for you. But in the end, God fulfilled his will for David's life. And God will always fulfill his will for your life and in my life. The important thing for us today that God wants us to remember is don't get ahead of me. Trust in me. At the proper time, that which I purposed and planned for your life will come to pass. Amen? Amen? Worship team, if you would come, please. Would you stand with me? We're talking this morning about timing is everything. How God whispers promises into our hearts and our lives. God begins to reveal that which he has purposed and planned for our life, what his will is. But oftentimes, it's not for the here and the now. And we need to be patient. We need to trust God that in his perfect timing, he will work all those details out. Blessed be his name.